0: In today's episode, we're throwing it back to a presentation from MaxLawCon 2019. John Fisher is the owner and founder of John H. Fisher PC, where he practices catastrophic injury law for victims in New York State. Today, we share his presentation, The Powerhouse Law Firm Book. Let's get to it.
3: Well, everybody, uh, most of the folks here heard John Fisher's name mentioned yesterday. John has uh, been a leader in legal marketing for a long time. He limits his practice to catastrophic injury law firm for injury victims in New, in New York State. Although I know he pra- he takes a goat bar and goes practices in many other states as well. Over the last 20 years, John's practice has been limited to catastrophic injury. John is the owner and founder of John H. Fisher PC. John has been cited as a legal expert on numerous occasions by trial magazine and the American Association for Justice, and the New York Law Journal. John runs a mastermind group that some folks here, including me, have taken advantage of. Just like Jim and Tyson, John teaches everybody else what he's gone out and learned himself, and we all have a lot of gratitude for that. John's put together a special program for us today. Without further ado, John Fisher and company.
2: This is the case of John Fisher against the citizens of Maximum Lawyer. Representing himself in this lawsuit is John Fisher. You could sit down. And representing, in the better half, the citizens of Maximum Lawyer, Lisa Fisher. She doesn't want me to tell you, but she's also a judge, so she's on good behavior today, right? Okay. All right. So the issue in this trial uh, is whether a book is the best marketing tool for a lawyer. At the conclusion of the trial, you'll be asked to deliberate to an un- to a unanimous verdict wherein you'll answer this question, yes or no. Do you know what the question is? Okay, got it. So we're going to handle objections during trial. Throughout the course of the trial, there may be objections by the attorneys representing the parties. I will make ruling on the objections. My rulings on the objections should not be construed as favoring either side to the lawsuit. Do you guys understand that? Yes, Your Honor. Yeah, I definitely don't favor you, John, though, so <laughs> it's not going to work out well for you today. I cannot take a... <laughs> I cannot take a position favoring, oh, just forget that. I can't take a position favoring either side to this lawsuit. Fisher has a real uphill battle in this trial, and he's foolishly chosen to represent himself. An idiot, right? So, so here's a burden of proof for you guys. And I'm going to be real slow since you didn't stand for me right away. In this lawsuit, Mr. Fisher bur- bears the burden of proof. That means Mr. Fisher must prove that the book is the best marketing tool for a lawyer, without even the slightest doubt. Will Mr. Fisher be able to sustain this burden of proof? I'm supposed to say I highly doubt it, but I mean, I don't know. He could. He may pull it out. I'm sorry, Judge, but he might be able to pull it out. So we're going to begin with the opening statements of the lawyers. Now, as you know, opening statements are not evidence. Uh, Please listen closely. If you choose not to listen to Mr. Fisher, I don't really care. But again, when his uh, lovely partner comes up, make sure you pay careful attention. So with that being said... I now turn the floor, floor over to the plaintiff, John Fisher. May it please your honor, ladies and gentlemen
4: of Maximum Lawyer, come back with me in time. I'm entering my home in Albany, New York, and it's been a busy, hot summer day. As I walk through that door, I'm excited to start sharing my day. And I see my wife. I say, This is the stuff that I've done today. It was busy. I had all this stuff on my mind. And my wife turns and looks at me with a really stoic, serious look on her face. She doesn't say a word. And as I keep going on, finally, at some moment, I realize there's something wrong. And I said to my wife, what is it? And she tells me, you need to call your mother. So, pick up the phone. And I give my mother a call. And all I hear is the strongest person I've known in my life emotionally, bawling in tears. They found a mass, And I'm not going to see my grandchildren born. For the first moment in my life, I saw my mother lose it. I took the phone that day, I put it down, and there was nothing I could do. This is the person who I love more than anything in the world. And that day, we had one of these old beat-up plaid couches in our living room. One of these things has been around for about 100 years, and it's tattered and frayed at the edges. Something that maybe 10 people have owned. But I wasn't gonna sleep that night, I knew that. So, I opened the door, and I walked the streets of Albany, walk with me. We're walking through the streets of Albany, New York, and I'm stressed beyond belief. And all I can think of is my mother is going to die of cancer. And that night, I looked for a friendly soul. I looked for somebody to to share a warm smile with me, somebody who would give me a glance, some consolation. I even knocked on the door of the church, but no one was opening. And that night was the most difficult night of my life. As I struggled to go back, my wife was in bed. She was sleeping. I go back to our apartment in Albany. And as I get back to the room, I know I'm not gonna sleep. And I sit down on that old beat-up couch, right here, leaning against the wall. This couch that had been there for years. And I sat down, not knowing what I was gonna do that night. And I looked up at the wall at about 2.30 in the morning, and it occurred to me just a thought, to get up and just randomly pick up a book. That book was by Dale Carnegie. And the book was called, How to Start Living and Stop Worrying. And I randomly opened the book as I sat there on the couch. And these are the words that I, I first read. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness and where, and where there is sadness, joy. Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. For it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. As soon as I read the words of the prayer of St. Francis... All of the stress and anxiety that was filling my body just melted away and it went right through my feet and my legs and left my body. Two days later, we had a meeting with the surgeon to talk about my mother's prognosis. And at the end of this trial, I'm going to share with you the impact that the power of a book had on my life and can have on yours. At this point, I'd like you to consider one thing, that the, the, the market is flooded with lawyer books, mini guides, little tiny books that are handed out. These books are worthless. What I'm going to challenge you to do is to write the authoritative book that will live for ages, a book that you will have for your career, that will get you speaking engagements, that will get your book into law schools throughout the country, and that will make you a known entity in every state of this country. Thank you, Your Honor.
5: Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, may it please the court, Your Honor? You're you're good. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the evidence will show that writing a legal book is not the best marketing tool for every lawyer. In fact, you heard counsel for plaintiffs say that there's already so many of these little books floating around the market. Everyone's a self-professed expert. And your time is valuable. Your time is money in this industry, right? So the evidence is gonna show that it could take up to three years to write one of these books. So that's three years' worth of your time which is also money. In addition, it can cost you, I don't know, between thirty dollars to $50,000 to make one of these books, to have it published, in print, edited, copy-edited, all that good stuff. And the return on that investment, I don't know, maybe about $4,000 a year in royalties. So, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I am confident that Mr. Fisher will be unable to convince you that this is, in fact, the best marketing tool for lawyers.
2: Mr. Fisher, you can call your first witness. You are terrific, Lisa.
4: Your Honor, at this time, the plaintiff, John H. Fisher, calls to the stand Mitch Jackson, Esquire. <laughs> Mr. Jackson, you are the author of the book The Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Is that correct?
6: Yes. Why did you write this book? You know, I wrote the book because... It's a little bit more, let's just say, dependable than a PowerPoint. It's a book that, uh, <laughs> it's something that uh, someone can hold in their hands and read. They can review on Audible. They can read on their tablet or laptop on Kindle. Is something that I can share tips and approaches and techniques to help lawyers and other professionals build their practice. That's why I wrote the book. How have you used the book to grow your practice? Well, first of all, I'm, I, I think it's really important to give. And so through the pages of a book, it allowed me to give on a consistent basis 24-7 to friends of mine and to people I don't know from around the world. And so through the giving, let's just say mindset, uh, I've been able to use that book to build my expertise, to build my perceived professional capacity and capabilities when it comes to social media marketing and to build our brand and expand our brand from local to
4: global how have you used the book to expand your your brand from local to global
6: well i mean what we've been doing is we've been uh, sharing the book both online and offline making it available to anyone that's interested in taking their offline brand online and doing it right and Council, what we did is we went out and tapped into some of the top experts from around the country, frankly, from around the world, uh, to share what works on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, on all the different social media platforms, so that, so that the reader of the book can take proven approaches to build their practice and to hopefully build their bottom-line bottom end-of-year profits.
4: How have you used the book to grow your influence with speaking engagements? You
6: know, it's interesting. Having a book, for whatever reason, gives you perceived expertise. And it's the best business card I can think of. It it allows you to get on stages and in front of audiences that probably wouldn't be available had you not written the book in the first place. So for me, it's allowed me to get on some huge stages, which I wanted to show you guys yesterday, but that just didn't work out. And I don't think that would have happened had it not been for laying a foundation as a professional – getting good results for your clients. Let's not forget about that. Trying to do the ethical thing when it comes to going to work every single day. But then adding and complementing those efforts with the book uh, has taken things to the next level.
4: You've spoken at Tony Robbins' business, business Mastery. How did the book help you get that speaking engagement? So
6: it helped me get the speaking engagement because of my our, mutual friend, David Merriman Scott, who does speak at Tony Robbins. David wrote the forward to my book, and once we decided to write a book, we reached out. Uh, David offered to do the forward, but I also reached out to a lot of other friends of mine. And each of the contributing authors, 40, 45, 46 other author, authors who have conferences like this have then invited me to come to their conferences and stand in front of four to 500 people I've never met before, share a tip, share an approach, but basically have the opportunity for them to know, like, and trust me. And when they need a lawyer in California, most of the time, we're the law
4: firm that they call. How has the book helped you get new cases and referrals? Let's see, where am I on the list here? No, go, let's, go, let's move on. Talk about the, the difficulties that people here, our jury has in their mind about how can I write a book? Doesn't it take a long time? How do I find a book publisher?
6: Uh, thanks, Judge. <sighs> so here's the deal. I've actually tried to write a couple of books on my own and because of the fact that Lisa and I are active trial lawyers, that's what I do for a living, I could never finish the book myself. So it did take some time if I wanted to complete my own book. So one of the things I did, John, is I reached out to friends of mine and had them contribute expert chapters. So I had other people help me co-write the book. So for me as a busy professional, that was a great opportunity to put a book together in about six months' worth of time. It did not take me years to write my book because I had other people helping me and it also allowed me by approaching the writing of a book that way to connect with people who I knew but didn't know that well and and build better friendships with each of these authors who I now consider good friends of mine we self-published our book for example there's more than one way to get your book out on the market and so what Lisa and I did is we self-published our book we went through Amazon, and it was a pretty simple process. So those were some of the steps that we
4: took. Can you share with the ladies and gentlemen of the jury what the approximate cost of writing the ultimate social guide, the guide for social media? So, you know,
6: you can spend $20,000, $30,000, dollars $50,000 very easily in, in creating and publishing a book. The way we went about it, probably just a couple of thousand dollars. It's the best couple of thousand dollars that we've ever spent, bar none, with creating a short and long-term brand, long-term marketing project for our law firm. And because we didn't write a book just for lawyers, we wrote a book that would accommodate other professionals, CPAs, doctors, business owners, entrepreneurs. I think it's really opened up a whole new audience to Lisa and I people that just didn't know us before the book came out, John. So it, ha- it was not an expensive endeavor by our po- on our part.
4: And Mr. Jackson, uh, what complementary products have you had in relation to your book?
6: So one of the things we've always done is I've got a mastermind. And so the uh, mastermind, obviously members of the mastermind, what we talk about each and every week, that content is in the book. And what I've tried to do is bring in authors who wrote chapters in the book. I've brought them into our mastermind on Tuesdays as guests. And our members get to ask them questions, get to pick their brains, get to to crowdsource unique problems that they have with these experts and with other people in our mastermind. So the book is one of several different assets of our law firm, of the mastermind, that everyone can tap into. And one complements the other.
4: So... in addition to that, you also have an audio book of your book, correct? Absolutely. Some people love to read.
6: Some people like to listen. Some people like to digest their content on their laptops and, or their tablets and phones. And so what we've done is we went ahead and we had a professional actually record the audio version of our book. A lot of people said, Mitch, why didn't you record your own audio version? I didn't have time. So I farmed it out and we had a professional do that. So if you like to read, if you like to listen, if you like to digest content on your phones, you can do that too. We try to always create an exemplary client experience, whether it's practicing law, sharing social media knowledge, or the content of our books. And I think adding the book to that equation has been a, a, a critically important you know, element towards the success that Lisa and I are experiencing.
4: Would you encourage other lawyers to write a book for their practice?
5: Objection! Mr. Jackson, isn't it true that it could take years to write a book?
6: In some cases, that is true.
5: And isn't it true that it can cost up to $40,000?
6: I would think that for some authors it could cost $40,000, but that's not always the case.
5: And isn't it true that you don't make a lot of money in royalties on this book?
6: Royalties, what are royalties?
5: Well, you make a profit, right, from selling a book. Do you sure. profit from selling your book, the revenues from selling that book?
6: So it's my understanding that oftentimes the revenues are about $4,000 per year for authors. But what we've noticed is that's not the case with Lisa and I. And the revenues we've generated in our law firm have substantially, uh, are substantially more than that.
5: And would it take a long time, years, perhaps, to write one of these books?
6: I think if you're a slow writer, it could take many, many years. But like I said, we uh, pounded ours out in about six months with the help of 46 other experts.
5: And wouldn't you agree that a book isn't a good investment for a lawyer?
6: No, may I explain? Sure. A book is an investment in your future. It's an investment in other people. It's the opportunity, counsel, to share your years of wisdom, your years of knowledge with other people. It's the opportunity to pass your knowledge along to the next generation. It's your opportunity to write a book so that youths can benefit from your knowledge. Excuse me, what is youths? <laughs> the
2: youths. I don't know. Youths or youths? Excuse me, Your Honor. Okay, youths. Dude. All right, dude.
5: I, I have no further questions, Your Honor. All
2: right. Thank you. I, you, can, you can sit down. The witness is not excused. You have an opportunity now to ask your question because your wife opened the door. So I'm going to let you... You weren't thinking about it. You only get one question. You're allowed to ask him whatever question you want. He has to answer honestly. Okay?
6: I'm good with that. He doesn't have to do anything. I'm answering the question.
4: Mr. Jackson, for the ladies and gentlemen of this jury who are skeptical and wondering why would they put their hard-earned money and their time in writing a book... What is your answer?
6: I would suggest that other than honing your craft and being good at what you do, it is by far one of the most important, successful marketing and branding assets that we've ever put together and shared with the rest of the world. So that's my answer.
4: No further questions at this time.
2: Great answer. Uh, Do you have any more witnesses? No, Your Honor. The plaintiff for us. Okay, thank you. Do you have any witnesses to call?
5: Yes, Your Honor. The defense calls Seth Jackson. I mean, Seth Price. Sorry. Mr. Price, would you please tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury where you work?
1: Uh, the law firm of Price Benowitz.
5: Okay. And are you a partner of that law firm? I am. And how big is that law firm?
1: Approximately 37 lawyers.
5: Okay. And how many, Braggart. State- how many states do you practice in? Three. And um, how did you build that law firm?
1: Digital marketing and SEO.
5: And can you explain how you were able to build a successful law firm with just just SEO and digital advertising?
1: We took the content we created, and instead of putting it in a book, we put it online where people were Googling.
5: So you don't have a book, do you? No, we don't. Okay. And you still built a highly successful law firm without a book? Yes, ma'am. And do you think every lawyer should write a book?
1: Absolutely not. And why not? because it's, there's a lot of uses for your time and money. And while some people may have something to say that's truly unique, most of us don't. And that for the average person who's been arrested or injured, they're not going to a bookstore to buy a book, but they're Googling to find the person that can help them solve their problem.
5: Okay, thank you. I have no further questions, Your Honor.
2: Terrific questions.
3: As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com.
2: Mr. Fisher, I hope to God you destroy him, please, because if you don't, (laughs) I'm just going to start stalling his ass.
4: Mr. Price, I think that we can agree on a few simple basic principles, one of which is that... May I approach, Your Honor?
2: Yeah, sure. These
4: mini guides, they're maybe 100 pages, soft cover. They're junk, aren't they? Absolutely. And one piece of junk after the next. The team handbook, sex story. Are you, are you, what it would be like to be a boss. You're not objecting to this? These books, <laughs> when the ladies <laughs> and gentlemen of the jury spend their good money and time creating this book, that's not a good use of their time. Would you agree? I don't believe so. And there there are many people who can do other things better than writing a book. We can agree upon that. Absolutely. And for those who are inclined to video marketing or social media, that could be an excellent use of their time, much better spent than writing a book, correct? Absolutely. But you would agree with me that there are other lawyers who love to write. Would you agree? Yes. And for a person who likes to write and writes quality content on blogs and social media, that quality content can be repurposed into a highly educational, valuable book. Would you agree with that? It can be done. And the book, Ask Gary Vee, would you agree? Is nothing more than repurposed blogs that became a New York Times bestseller. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, they were. So for many people, the ladies and gentlemen of this jury, it's simply a matter of repurposing the content that you already have, and putting it into a book. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. Price? You you could do that. And so the years and years that we're talking about of spending writing a book can actually be boiled down to in a matter of months, just like Mr. Jackson. Would you agree? Yes. And then when you take those years and years of boiling that knowledge and content that you already have into a book, you've got a masterpiece and a flag that you can plant in the ground that will be in the ground for the rest of your career. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. Price? There, there you have you have. Mr. Something? Price, your honor, may I ask that the witness be instructed to answer the question?
2: Go ahead, answer the question,
4: dude. The, the book can be a useful tool. A book can be the most useful marketing tool that a lawyer like Jay Ruane, Tiger Tactics, Ryan McKean, Billy Tarasio, and the lawman have written in their career. And that is an invaluable asset that they will always have. Wouldn't you agree with that? Um, I would not agree that it's invaluable, but it is a valuable asset. And wouldn't you agree for lawyers like Jay Ruane and Ryan McKean and Billy Tarasio that a book is the most valuable asset that they will have in their entire career? Would you agree with that? No, I wouldn't. I have no further use for this witness. (laughs)
2: Look, can I ask him just one question? Yes. Okay. So... Google controls the digital space that you're on, correct? Correct. And you've built your whole career in this digital space, right? Correct. Yep. Which is easier, burning six million books or just taking down the internet and you're gone, like all your contents wiped out? A hack from China. Which book will survive legacy and which digital company will go under if China decides to hack us? China, are you listening? Is Trump out there? <laughs> He's so thinking you're, about you're, it now, you're, too. And for, you're, yeah. you're
1: asking whether the book is going to outlast the digital content.
2: That's a great question. And and I would I better put my money on the
1: digital content over the published book that okay. can be
4: burnt. Okay.
2: Mr. Fish, you did a terrific job. Please sit down.
4: Thank you, Jernam.
2: Is the witness excused? Can the deputy, take him out of here, please.
5: Quickly. <laughs> I'm so Thank tired you. of
2: seeing him. <laughs> Does defense have a second witness?
5: Yes, I do, Your Honor. The defense calls John H. Fisher.
2: <clears throat>
4: Your, Your Honor, do I have to do this? I, I'm a, an attorney.
5: You're I, a hostile feel, witness.
2: Yeah, you're hostile, and I hope to God that Lisa puts her passion, because I know she's frustrated that the books haven't made money yet. <laughs> so if she doesn't ask the right questions, I'll go there. Go get them.
5: So, Mr. Fisher... Isn't it true that you spent forty thousand dollars making this book and, oh. not, and did not tell your wife? Oh my God! <laughs> oh, that's, that's all true. script.
2: It's awesome, Ju- Judge. Do I have to answer You've this? You got to answer the questions.
5: Isn't it true, Mr. Fisher, that you never told your wife it cost you forty thousand dollars to make the book a power of a system?
4: It costs uh, much more. It costs more than that.
2: <laughs> Ask him about the marketing company.
5: And isn't it true that you only made $4,000 last year in royalties from the sale of this book?
4: That is true. I make about $4,000 a year in royalties.
5: And isn't it true that you spent countless hours every morning, every evening, and on weekends for a couple years writing this book?
4: And there's nothing I enjoy more.
5: (laughs) Perhaps spending time with your family, Mr. Fisher?
4: Close second. (laughs)
5: Uh, <laughs> and even with all that time away from your family and all that money taken from your children's college funds and making only $4,000 a year in royalties, you still think that this was a good decision.
4: There's, there's more to it than, than that. May I explain, please?
5: No, I'd like you to answer the question. Judge, will you please direct the witness to answer your hostile witness a yes or no question? Please
2: repeat the question because I didn't hear it.
5: Isn't it true that with all that time away from your family, all that money you've spent that could have been spent to your children's college education, that you only made $4,000 a year from that book?
2: Hold it. I didn't say answer. That's a guilt-laden question, one that my spouse would use. I'm feeling resentful towards you right now. However, go ahead and answer the question. You want the answer?
5: Yes. Yeah, I I'll want the truth. An I want the truth. Mr. Fisher. You want the
4: truth. I'll give you the truth that every lawyer should write a book because it's the best asset that they will ever have in their career. That is the truth.
5: I have no further questions to this witness.
4: Are,
2: you, are we guys down, Are we, are we done?
5: I think we have the right to do closings. Your yeah, Honor.
2: but we're done with the questions, right?
5: Yes. Okay. I have no further witnesses. Your okay. Honor.
2: Thank you. I'm going to give uh, very, very brief closing instructions judge is upset, but we, I'm going to let her go first anyway. Uh, this completes our trial. Now, the attorneys for the parties will give their closing arguments. The closing arguments of the attorneys are not evidence, but are arguments made by each side in favor of their position. As jurors, and again, I have to repeat this slowly because you didn't rise immediately, you are free to accept the statements of Mr. Fisher or Ms. Fisher or disregard them. Do you guys understand that? You don't have to choose one side or the other. So don't get swayed by one side and then get swayed by the other. You guys have free will. Does everyone understand that? Raise your hand. All right. Who goes first again?
5: Defense. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the defense, as promised in its opening, has proved to you that the plaintiff has failed to meet its burden in proving that Writing a book is the best marketing tool for lawyers. In fact, if anything, the defense has proven why it's not a good tool. It takes loads of time and loads of money with very little return on your investment, time away from your family.
2: Did you hear that, dude? Like she's trying to send a message. I object. Okay.
5: And what Mr. (laughs) Fisher has failed to disclose to everyone is he's an avid writer. In fact, Mr. Fisher started writing when he was seven years old. So only people with true passion for writing objection.
4: That's outside
2: should. the evidence, Your Honor. Sustained. Yeah, sustained. I have nothing further. No, no, keep going. You're
5: doing. No, pr- I rest. I'm done. Thank you.
2: Damn, I want to be liked, and it's really hard for me to sustain that. Can I overrule it? Nah, forget it. Sustained anyway. May I proceed, Your Honor? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Keep it
4: quick. We got I, 50 minutes. I want to take you back to a small courtroom in rural upstate New York. And I'm seated at the council and we're waiting for the jury to return their verdict. And as I sit there next to client, Eugene and his wife is paralyzed in brain damage, Marie. And they ask me if if I think they're gonna win their case. And I say, no, you're not. But it's a heavy burden to bear. And about 20 minutes later, we hear that knock that every plaintiff's lawyer hates to hear. The jury's got their verdict. And the jury slowly walks in to the courtroom, sits down in the jury deliberation box, and the jury foreperson announces a verdict for the defense. I'm devastated. I talk to the clients, put my arm around them, and we walk out the courtroom. As we walk out the courtroom that day, Marie Carino starts bawling. She's crying. And I consoled her and I put my arm around her and I said, Marie, it's okay. It's gonna be all right. And she says, I'm not crying for me. I'm crying for you. Later that month, we had a financial meeting in my office. And I tried to put a positive spin on everything. All the money that we had lost cases we had lost, and a a young startup law firm just trying to get its feet on the ground. And as I sat across from our bookkeeper, who I trust more than anybody else, I said to her, where do you think we'll be in 12 months? She looked at me with a cold look on her face and said, I think you're going to be in bankruptcy. Now, that was 2013. And that is when... I actually published my first book, The Power of a System. I had spent two and a half years writing all the policies and systems that I had in a book. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I launched it and marketed it like crazy. Slowly but surely, people from all over the place started asking for it. And it went into three law schools, Boston, New Orleans, and Mississippi. And then from there, it led to speaking engagements, where major trial lawyer organizations began calling me and say, I've read your book. We got to have you come to our national summit. Slowly but surely, all these speaking engagements added up. And then people started buying this book everywhere. But the secret sauce, I didn't pitch a damn thing. And the secret sauce to a great book like Tiger Tactics, they didn't pitch anything to you. They simply gave you all their best advice, their knowledge, and put it out there and let you be the judge. And today, you will be the judge. The book that came next took four years to write. And I put my heart and soul in this, and it cost even more money. (laughs) I didn't tell my wife, but what I did was I took the best stuff that I had in this book, really not that I knew, but incredible people like Jim Hacking, Guy DiMartino, Jay McCain, Jay Ruane, Annika Godlewski, Chris Nicholason, Brian Mittman, these people who have amazing ideas, who I never have been exposed to, I packaged it up and put it in here. And this book is my gift to all of you. So there is information you can text to get the book, and go that, But before I finish, I have one thing to say about the mini-guide. The defense today is not going to win this trial. No. Because I'm going to do it for them. Those mini-guides that we've seen, they can all go to a friggin'
2: graveyard. You didn't follow the script and you didn't say the word fucking. So how, how am I going to have you removed when you don't even use the real word, dude? So you do that again. And then we started all over again. Pick the shit back up.
5: In his defense, yes, he doesn't yes. swear in front of his wife. He's and a gentleman. I don't care.
2: He's going to have uh, then I'm not throwing him out. Your Honor, at this point, the We're not ladies. not good. We're throwing his ass out if he says it. Throw his ass out anyway. I'm done with him. <laughs> out. Just what get him out. Hey, can't even you know, <laughs> <laughs> So the trial's been completed. Shortly you'll begin your deliberations, which means right now, I'm going to give you about a minute to talk to each other. And the question you must answer is. Is a book the best marketing tool for a lawyer, yes or no? And this is how we're going to do it, because it's kind of it's been a long presentation. If you agree that a book is the best marketing tool, please slide over this way. And I swear, you need to be honest. And if you think it's shit, that way. 30 seconds, go ahead. All right, 30 seconds is up, deliberation's over. Everyone, please, make your way to one side or the other. So... Raise your hand if your book's a good idea. Just want to make sure everyone's on the right side, okay? Raise your idea if you agree with Lisa that her husband spent way too much money. All right. I actually think the book slightly won. So, John, you of won, Of course actually. it did. He did. But, but uh, your, Honor, your Honor, if I may, if I may. No, you can't. We only have 30 yes. seconds. Right, I'll take 30 seconds.
4: For some of you, stay where you are, please. For some of you, this is the beginning of a journey. For the rest of you, it is not. For those in this corner of the room... This is your journey. I have a new book called The Law Firm of Your Dreams. It was just printed on Tuesday. If you give me your business card, everyone who commits very specific commitment that you will author a book within the next 12 months. And when you return to the next Max Law Conference in June of 2020, your book will be published. If you will commit to that, I will give you one of the very first copies of the law firm of your dreams uh, in the next week or two, because it's not immediately available. I've had copies here, but if you're willing to commit to that, all I need on your business card is to put the date, June, 2020, and the title of your new book, who's willing to take this journey? (laughs) You
5: don't want to know. In defense of my husband, since I'm the defense attorney, As a judge, I have to say, John has sent his book, and this might be a good idea for others, to judges, to other judges. And it's on the bookshelf in my chambers, and other judges have done it. And as much as I was angry at him, there is true value. I want to ask any one of you if you've ever thrown a book away. I know I can't throw a book away. It's like a mortal sin. And that book will stay alive longer than probably John will. And as long as it's there on a coffee table, it's a reminder for people, if they need a lawyer... There, oh, there's John. Here's his book. He's the person to go to. Uh, so I do, even though as I cringe when I hear the dollar, I do know that there's a hidden value in that in terms of referrals and people thinking of you and always being on the mind. Like he said, it's easy to throw away a business card, but no one's throwing away a hard, hard-covered book. They just aren't. Thank you. Yeah.
4: And, and when I began, I told you about that story about my mother who had been diagnosed with the cancer. We came back and the doctors removed the tumor And at that day, the impact that that book had on me was that instead of being concerned and anxious whether my mother would live, all of the anxiety and stress was drained out of my body. And I became a source of consolation and love for my siblings, my three sisters and my father and mother. And we got the great news that day that she was going to live and everything would be okay. That is the power of a book. And that is the journey that I encourage and challenge each one of you to take with me. Next year, this time, we'll we'll see what you've done. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.